Today's episode of Uncut is sponsored by Lux Swimwear Label Lahana. Founded on the east coast of Australia by two sisters, Lahana lives and breathes the Gold Coast lifestyle and is made for fierce girls who glow golden and live unapologetically in their own skin. Lahana is a leader in minimal designs, cheeky cuts and rushed detailing which has become their signature across the world. Known for their insane flat lay game on the Instagram, at Lahana Swim, they now boast over half a million loyal followers, with people constantly raving about their gorgeous aesthetic, powerful body positivity messaging, and unique designs. Use our exclusive discount code UNCUT20 for your next Lahana purchase. Welcome back to Uncut, the podcast hosted beat by Neon, where we will be taking you into the world of pop culture, social media, and influencer celebrity. We'll share the stories of brands and people who are leading the growth in the industry with our amazing guest lineup, as well as give an inside scoop into the social media industry and discussions that you can use in your daily life, both personally and professionally. So guys, before we begin, let's introduce ourselves. I'm Grace. I'm Sophia. And I'm Bella. We are three friends who happen to work at Neon together. There is so much going on behind closed doors here, and we want to be the one to bring you inside the world and continue the discussions around the ever-changing social media world. So please join us. All right, guys, let's move on to the most exciting part of today's episode. I'm very excited to introduce our special guest today, Elise Tran, founder of The Daily Edited. Welcome, and thank you so much for joining us on Uncut. How are you today? I'm well. Um, got up this morning and did boxing at 6am. I've had a meeting already with my accountant and now I'm here, but I did get to do, have a little power nap in the car. Oh, that's great. That's right. nap. And just, just a minor correction, I actually am a co-founder. Oh, I mean, we see um, Tanya yes, Lu, yes, yes. my co-founder, is also involved Tanya, in the business. Yes, of course, Tanya. Yeah, but it's only 10am and you've already done all of that stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's very impressive. So, so we just want to start off by giving you a little bit of a bio on Elise. So after studying law and commerce and starting out as a corporate lawyer, Elise soon made a career shift that led her to become one of Australia's most successful self-made entrepreneurs. Partnering with her fellow lawyer and friend Tanya Liu, they founded The Daily Edited in 2011, which soon grew into a side hustle, producing personalised products sold across Australia. Within a few years, it had become her full-time job and The Daily Edited had grown into a leading accessories brand known for luxe, high-quality design and signature personalisation detail. Elise now fronts the $30 million fashion, lifestyle, and accessory startup that is known and sold around the world. What a wrap. Thank you, guys. <laughs> that is okay. <laughs> really so, for that. Sorry. First off, we would love to know how you went from working in a law firm to heading a multi-million dollar company and what spurred the shift. Okay, so you kind of, with your summary, so in 2011, I um, met Tanya. We were both working as lawyers and it was... A horrific job. We were at these massive law firms. Like yeah. we're not, we're not like lawyers on the side of the road. Kind of like <laughs> it, we were doing these deals that were on the front page of the AFR like every second day, and it was a lot of work. And I had kind of obviously went to uni and done all of that stuff. I kind of thought when I got there that I would be so excited, so happy, and that mm. is what I wanted, would want to do. Like be a high-powered lawyer, dressed in really cool suits, like from Suits. <laughs> you know, like that's what I thought I would be doing yes. with my life. Turn, I didn't really actually like it, but I didn't know what to do about the situation because I'd 
worked so hard mm. to kind of get there, I was like, okay, well, this is work. Work is not meant to be enjoyable. Yeah. So just suck it up kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so then Tanya actually said to me, do you want to start? We're both very interested in fashion. She dresses really well. Yeah. I dress really well. We'd talk about like our clothes around mm. like the water cooler and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she said, do you want to start a fashion brand? And I'm like, dude, that's like so crazy. <laughs> like, what? And so I said, why don't we, it was a time when I was starting to see a lot of blogs. So like Gary Pepper Girl, yeah. Margaret Zhang, you know, that mm. sort of, yeah. that fashion blog. And I was getting really interested in that. And, you know, you spend a lot of time at your computer when you're working. So you're looking at all this stuff. And I was like, why don't we start a blog? And that is why it's called The Daily Edited. Because it was a daily edit oh. of things that we liked. And we posted about food, fashion, style, and just, oh, like, places cute. that we went in. It was cute. Yeah. Um, you know, and our friends looked at it. So, you know, yeah. you got, like, 30-page views a day. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you know, like, that's sort of where it started. Um, and then we actually, because of our passion for dressing well for work, we actually launched a clothing line called Edited. And we did, like, a capsule collection of clothes on a monthly basis. It was very cute. You know, it would be, like, maybe four dresses, four shirts, mm. a skirt, mm. whatever. And you could mix and match those items to create a daily outfit. Oh, cool. yeah. It went nowhere, but, yeah, <laughs> you know, it didn't get the commercial traction, but we liked doing it. Yeah. And we got press and stuff, and it was kind of nice because we were still working as lawyers and, you know, being in magazines and stuff yeah. was cool, so we were into it. Um, but it, I think it was kind of ahead of its time when you think about, like, now, like, wardrobe, NYC, yes. you know, like, and, yeah. and capsule wardrobes are very much becoming a thing yeah. i think we were like maybe if i tried that again yeah. um, i think with the sustainability element as well yes like that's kind of what people were wanting now rather yeah. than like all that fast fashion yes so well, we did that and then in two and then you know we didn't sell that much stuff like it just didn't get that kind of traction yeah um, and then we wound that down, and in 2014, I was promoted as a lawyer, and I was like, oh, well, go me. <laughs> I now need a, like, compendium. Mm. I know, like, not everyone listening to this is like, what is that? You know, one of those folios yes. that you kind of carry around with your notebook and stuff because yeah. you're going to meetings yeah. now that you're, um, you know, a more senior lawyer. Yes. We rolled into Louis Vuitton thinking oh. I'd, you know get a nice one yes. it was two and a half thousand dollars so, <laughs> couldn't afford it. so i thought uh, like i looked around and no one was doing anything like what tde does yeah. today and so we i said to tanya why don't we try ex accessories so we did yeah. a compendium a pouch and a card holder they were oh our God. first three products and they're actually still in the collection oh different God. like they've iterated a bit yes. um in three different colorways and we had built up an instagram following so this is very relevant for you all. Yeah. <laughs> um, we had like maybe 30,000 followers, so nothing huge. Yeah. And I put them on Insta, like photographed these accessories on a white piece of cardboard in my apartment, natural light. Yeah. <laughs> um, and they sold out within like a week. Wow. Um, yeah. And monogramming I've always really liked. So I got my first, again, Louis Vuitton bag when I was 16 from my gay uncle. <laughs> had my initials on it and I was really into it. Yeah. Um, and... I do think, you know, TDE was one of those first brands to democratise personalisation. I'm not saying we by no means invented it, mm, yeah. um, but we created it and put it on a product that was aspirational and people could afford it. Yeah, um, so then because that product got traction so quickly, the business kept on building and your founder of Neon will attest to this. Once yeah. you sort of get this sort of um, cash flow mm -hmm. and stuff, 
it becomes a business and then you can quit your job because yeah. <laughs> you've got repeat customers yes. and you've yeah. got that flow. Mm-hmm. When we had the clothing brand, it sort of was never like that because we couldn't get that yeah. flow. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that is, that's what spurred the shift. It was purely right. economic. It wasn't like one day we jumped out of the window at the law firm and we're like, we're out. Yeah. It, we built up a very yeah. substantial business. Mm-hmm. We had a couple of employees. We had a huge amount of savings mm-hmm. before we were like, okay, we're confident that we can you know, give this a shot and we obviously haven't looked back since. Right, that's so interesting. interesting. So what, at what point were you like, I need to leave the law firm? It was just to too commit. much. I worked for a year, like, you know, start getting to the firm at nine, leaving at seven, staying up till 1am processing orders, oh. lugging them back into it, going down to the post office at lunchtime oh. to lodge the parcels. Um, I did that for like nine months and like, I was pretty skinny. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah. No, <laughs> um, but yeah, and that, and that was kind of the no. turning point where it became too much work. So whenever I say, to, when people say, oh, it's too hard, well, no, I did <laughs> yeah. it when I was working at a law firm yeah, and did all these hours and that's what it took to get the business oh, yeah. to that stage that enabled us to, we couldn't really qu- just quit our jobs either. No. Like we had bill, we have rent yeah. bills and blah, blah, blah yeah. and living at a certain standard mm. as a lawyer. So mm. I couldn't really go back yeah. to my parents and yeah. be like, hey, like support me for another <laughs> five years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, so where did you sort of source your initial supplies and stuff? Because obviously now it's massive. I'm sure you yeah. have your set supplies mm. and it's all locked in, but initially how did you find them? I think Tanya did a lot of trial and error. Really? Just, you know, it's the product that we were producing five years ago is... is different to what we're producing mm. we get better and better at yeah. it every, as every year so yeah okay, just cool. gonna try it like it wasn't the perfect thing at the time but yes. obviously it was good enough for people yeah. and sometimes i still see people with that product yeah do you yeah oh. and i go up to them and i'm like man you took a gamble right yeah. you bought it off of instagram yeah. i'm very grateful these customers had a shitty website yeah. like, you know low res images yeah. Yeah. that i took with my phone yeah um so those women really took a chance really on the product yeah. and that's how we got here so every time i see one of those people i'm like thank you yeah well <laughs> thank you i was yeah. reading that um has grown like tenfold in the last couple of years well because you go from like zero to so where we are today are so today. That, like you can't really even quantify you, you know what i mean yeah. like because the base is nothing how did you go about staffing because obviously you're quite large now how many staff do you have yeah so it sounds like a lot you get quite excited at the start because you need all these people but essentially we only have about 20 people at our head office level so when we're at your office it'd be bigger than this but Mm -hmm. at that office level where the person isn't directly interacting with the customer, packing an order, mm-hmm. unpacking stock in a warehouse is actually only 20 people. Right. But then when you look at our um, larger team, we're at 200 because we've got the retail mm-hmm. stores. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the online business is big. Yeah. So we've, I'm not to say that those people aren't team members, yeah. but that call, everyone thinks that there's like this 50-person head yeah. office with or more with like a social media coordinator, yeah. like a girl who lights candles, yeah. and does flowers, um, you know, like HR, you know, like all of this. Yeah. No, that is actually yes. a really lean team and I actually still do all of the social media. So I respond to every really? single DM. So if you're an influencer and you've oh DM saying you want to collaborate and I haven't responded because I've looked at your profile and gone, oh, not right for us. Yeah. So you're I'm actually just, doing it. You I'm are doing all, that. Wow. All, all of that. I create every single image that mm-hmm. TDE puts out there, except for the ones that we've reposted of, yeah. you know, people right. with our product or whatever. So for, whether that be from our homepage video mm-hmm. down to 
an Insta story yeah. or whatever, I actually create all of that stuff wow. still. That's Even like all the flat lays, like yes. all the cases laid out. Yes. Wow. Is that all of that? you just like really are passionate about like the image that you want to have out there? It's or? just been too hard to get someone else to do it. Now yeah. the only thing the only other person could do is my sister, who's mm-hmm. um she's the fashion editor at Harper's Bazaar and Elle. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has like the same aesthetic. Right. Yeah. And you know what I think is cool about Titty is because I'm still doing all this stuff, it actually is a little bit um, not as polished as yeah. when brands say go and get an agency mm. or whatever to do it because it's got an inflection from me yeah. and yeah. I'm not a trained um, stylist or yeah. anything like that. So I bring my own point of view to everything that we do and I think it's kind of people, I think it resonates with people because they can, they can see that it's a little bit um, organic. Yeah, mm. for sure. Yeah. You can definitely feel that personalised element. Yeah. That's probably like key to it to its success it's not just run by this big conglomerate company it's actually like a real person sitting yeah. behind there and given that you're the person that really started and has that drive I think that's like yeah. really yeah and I think you know when you still have a founder and a brand it it is really great mm. um and you sort of get that level of originality if you think about Australian brands and what they were like I mean you might be too young but you know like Sass and Biden when yeah. it was Sass you know Sarah and Heidi like yeah. it was amazing yeah even with Mimco one of our key competitors when it was the husband and wife um, yeah. You know, it, that was when they were doing it. I and think then, about that you know, all the time. Like, and it's always... <laughs> not to say that you can't have a successful brand when you've sold or anything yeah. like that, but there is something to be said, and that's why they're special, and I think that's why people yeah. buy into them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be so huge in my... Like, I have an older sister, seven years old than me. When mm. she was, like, in high school, it was, like, so huge. And mm. I always think, what well, happened so to her? life. Um, Amanda Briskin oh. was the creative director. She's got another brand now called ASK. Oh, um, <laughs> but they sold it to... Um, like David Jones, effectively. So Woolworths, South Africa owns. Yeah, so, and I think it changes because yeah, you, you have sure. people who do nine to five as the creative team, which is fair enough. Yeah. You can hire someone they can't yeah. be. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. So, because yeah. I know that you dipped into working with Origin for a while, yes. right? And how is that in terms of working with another bigger team? So, like, we. When Oraton came to us, like I was so chuffed, right? You know, yeah. this big Australian heritage mm. brand and things. Um, we didn't actually get that much time with them because oh, then right, they went yeah. into administration yes, um, yeah. and then now someone else owns that business yeah. and we bought our shares back. So mm-hmm. we had that. It was cool to sort of see what it would be like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kind of Tanya and I are now running this business ourselves yeah. individually, reporting to no one, so except for each other. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's quite a large jump from like small to mm. medium enterprise, what would be your tips to other businesses owners when going through this type of like rapid growth? Yeah, so it's not to say that we haven't made, like we make mistakes on the daily. I think um, one of the things that women do a lot, girls, is that we underestimate what we can achieve. Yeah. And Tanya and I have always underestimated. We never thought that we would be here and we never, oh, we always very conservative with like growth and stuff. And so you don't put in, you don't think to put in some like procedures, guidelines, mm. or proper re- like hiring the right people and stuff because you're like, oh, it might not last. Yeah. Mm. We're always saying, oh, it might not last. You know, like in the early days, we were like, oh, you know, what if this whole thing falls away? You know, mm. we didn't really plan. Mm. So I think it's kind of getting the right professionals in to structure your business correctly. But it's a big investment because you're like, oh, you know, this could be gone next year. Yeah. So like, why am I hiring like a full on CFO and yeah. all of this stuff to yeah. run this business and for me? But 
in some ways we wish we had done things like that earlier yeah yeah and I guess on that note, in terms of moving into the world of like brick and mortar stores, because mm. you've got Stone Double Bay and then you've got the concessions in David we've got Jones. Like Westfield Sydney, Chadston. Yeah. And they always have the biggest queues whenever I come <laughs> on the escalator. Yeah. You know what? It's because we have very few stores. Yeah. Everyone always says this. Rather than having done like, we had the opportunity to do 30 stores in Australia. Yeah, I'm sure. And we didn't do it because we're, you know, principally a digitally digital business, mm. right? Um and they're always so busy because we have few, and I yes. think that's better. It's yeah. Better. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Rather sure. than um, having five in, like, let's say you could have eight, five to eight in Sydney, right? Like, yeah. all different areas. Um, we have three, and as a result, they're really busy and productive stores, yeah, and I think sure. it's really rewarding for the team members to work there rather yes. than have it sort of spread across eight and they sort of be not as busy there's only I, so I, many people that can get to a shopping center there's only exactly. so many car parks yeah, so you exactly. can't ever serve more than whatever is capacity of that mall right yeah. so do you think you yeah. would expand those into overseas yeah so we've got um new york you've got new york oh. yeah oh. uh bleaker street Bleak so we've got a standalone, oh, got a standalone yeah okay. um and we retail with Saks fifth avenue yeah like with david jones yes um, store there We'd like to do more in America, sure. Like yeah. it's just this huge market for us and we've just had a huge growth there every year just organically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously through influencer stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of it is just influencer-driven yeah. organic marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like, you know, I love stores. I love setting them up and I love creating so concepts and stuff yeah. for so, them. Yeah. But then <laughs> like the management of them on a day-to-day basis is... It's just hard it's because hard. I guess, you know, it's really what the challenge that we have is um, I know that a lot of young girls love the brand, but it's like maintaining that mm. um, interest in those roles and yeah. things. Mm. Yeah. For sure, for sure. Mm. We now just wanted to touch on some more amazing details about today's sponsor, swimwear label Lahana Swim. This brand is a force to be seen and heard with a voice and platform that they specifically use to give back to their community. Partnering with local charities such as Global Women's Project, Lahana are working to introduce sustainable objectives they are working towards achieving by the end of this year. Lahana is a label to watch not only for their unique, luxe designs, but also their dedication to life and empowering women to be their most fierce versions of themselves. Don't forget to use our exclusive discount code UNCUT20 for your next Lahana purchase. So given the expansive growth of your company over the years, what has been your personal biggest learning um, as a business owner? Oh, God. Well, I guess like learning, I'm learning every day, but what is my biggest thing? Well, even personally, I guess. Yeah. As you've gone through this journey. <laughs> I don't know. I guess not to take things too seriously. Like it's only, it's a job at the end of the mm-hmm. day and it's only money. And sometimes you get really caught up with like, Elise Tran, I am the daily editor. Mm. And you, you get the forms a lot of like who you are mm. as well. And people look at me and then they see me. Oh, she's the daily editor. I hear people saying this. I'm <laughs> <laughs> oh, also my own person. <laughs> so I guess like just trying to maintain some sort of balance. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Do you feel like you've made a lot of sacrifices personally for the daily edited? Or do you kind of keep a balance in between? I don't know. See, you know what? On reflection, I think I have, but inadvertently. Yes. Yeah. So I think I've been, a, you know, in some ways like, a really bad friend because I'm on my phone all the time. <laughs> you know, but I always think yeah. to myself, like, my friends understand and stuff, yeah. but it does obviously affect your friendship because mm-hmm. you have a friend who's on her phone all the time, even though you understand that you yeah, have, like, a friend who isn't on her phone, mm-hmm. you will have a better connection with mm-hmm. her. Yeah. 
And so the same goes as like, I guess my personal life, like in terms mm. of like partners and relationships and stuff. I didn't think that, but I'm 34. Mm-hmm. So now, and I'm single. Mm-hmm. So you're like, what happened? Yeah. <laughs> um, am I a bad person? That kind of thing, you know? So yeah, that, I guess that's a sacrifice. Like, yeah. Right? yeah. But I guess Everyone been, thinks that my life is so great. But, yeah. You know, it's on Instagram and yeah. it is great. I'm not, I don't want to sound ungrateful, no, right? No. So I'm so grateful yeah. for every customer yeah. That is purchased from us and I'm so excited to be able to make a product and bring it to market and people actually buy it. Mm-hmm. Like I have like how great. So I don't want to be sitting here complaining that I'm single because of it. You know what I mean? Like it's actually yeah, you know, really cool. So maybe in the next few years mm-hmm. I'll be able to be a bit more yeah, like balanced. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. In terms of your own social media, like your personal mm. profiles, because obviously you run the actual daily editing yes. profiles. What's kind of your line in terms of sharing? Are you like very open? Oh, my, t- uh, my personal Instagrams are very businessy. Kind of <laughs> like, you know, it's more kind of like the events, behind the scenes yeah. stuff at TD. Or like, it's more people follow, I think, because they like get to see the product yes. first as I yeah. bring it in. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and it's just more kind of my. Um, Obviously, I'm out at events and stuff all the time, but mm. I don't put up photos when I'm, like, going to see my friend and her baby. And yeah. so everyone thinks my life is just events, but I can't like, I can't just go to my friend's house and put, put, get content of her breastfeeding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, yeah. yeah. So it just it is yeah. a very, as, as everyone knows, it's not real life. It's just yeah. a, um, a, you know, like a snippet. Yeah. yeah. And I guess on that note with social media, mm. what kind of role has it played in the success of TDE, both with the official campaigns like your yeah. actual instagram or your like um, yes. photographing the product versus the influencer campaigns because i remember years ago seeing the Haley oh yes campaign and she was like she was new kid on the block she was, she was. yeah and i remember like, I was Haley. and i was like oh my gosh she's doing tda yeah. like this is crazy like yeah. an australian brand so how have you sort of grown that with tda so i think i often say we wouldn't be here without social media obviously yeah. we talked about earlier how sales happen through instagram um at the start I think um, those alignments with big celebrities and things did, I think, you know, obviously gave the brand a high level of awareness, you know. Mm -hmm. I think it kind of goes without saying, right? Yeah. Um, And, you know, it sort of pitched the brand at a certain level. So I think all of that has created what people see as the daily editor today. Yeah, Yeah, and so when you're looking to do the influencer Mm. content, Mm. the sort of more natural side of the marketing... How do you source the talent that you want to work with? I am on Instagram a lot, as we've discussed, Mm -hmm. and I like the people that, (laughs) um, you know, I think, you know, I enjoy their style and I'd love to see our product on them. So, and that's how I work it out. But also we get hit up a lot. Yeah. Um, You know, we have this collaborations at the dailyeditor.com email. I hope I'm going to get all these emails. Um, (laughs) But I look at them all and we don't respond to everyone. We're very, like, this is the thing. I'd love to get your opinion on this. Sometimes we get emails, we get lots tons of emails from um, influencers who, it's not because I don't like them, it's nothing personal, it's just from an aesthetics point of view or an age group or a, um, where they're located isn't part of like well, our strategy or whatever yeah, and I don't, we don't then as a result collaborate with them. Should I be giving them a discount code or something? Well, I, don't, I feel like we have a lot of talent who, <laughs> yeah. they get a lot of 
different brands wanting to work with mm. them. But if they were to work with all those brands, there's mm. no consistency in terms yes. of like, the image you're getting. Yes. And because it's all about, they have like a very niche target mm. market. So if it's like a, um, a fitness kind of influencer who's one day selling a drink bottle and the next day yes. she's getting paid to eat at an ice cream shop. It just yeah. doesn't make sense. Yes. Yeah. So there has to be that consistency. So you have to be selective. Like yes. Some people want to work with everyone, but you have to be like... But then I feel bad. Yeah. Like I feel bad not giving people stuff. But I'm, I can't. Obviously, we're not in the business of just giving away product. Yeah. So, you can't. Yeah. I think that if they like aren't the right suit for like perfect, but like like just say like you don't want to re- yeah. like as yes. you were saying before, you don't necessarily want to repost the content mm. that they're making and that sort of stuff. But they maybe have like a really engaged following. Yes. It's a good idea. Yeah. But I would not everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not everyone is kind of like oh, but should I at least give her like twenty percent off or something yeah. if she really I mean, wants something? You know. But then what? Really but then what? What I get worried about is it's. See, this is like another relationship thing. Is we often, we have before given influencers like a discount code or whatever, mm. and then they've gone and posted it everywhere. Oh. And well, like thinking it's like a one for their yeah, followers. and we've said yeah, and it's like no, because we don't go on sale, and we're giving you this because, like I said, you know, you've created this content, and it may not align with what we're doing at a yeah. strategy level. But I feel like you were so interested that I happy to give you something yeah. and then all of a sudden yeah <laughs> so it's really hard it's really hard yeah um in terms of your like definition of success mm. how do you sort of measure oh god someone asked me this the other day yeah. i hate the word success yeah it's kind of a hard one isn't it because success is like your own definition mm. right and i don't want to be in a public forum saying what i think is success and then people don't think they're successful yeah. right? you know yeah. so i never really comment on yeah, and I don't think of myself as successful. Really? No. There's always more, do you think? or Just because I think to, life is a few different elements. You know, mm-hmm. your work, your personal right. life and your family and stuff. And I don't think I have all of that going on. Yes, for sure. I feel like mm-hmm. no one ever really gets to that pinnacle. There really yeah. isn't a pinnacle point. So mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's so subjective. Yeah. So we've seen that you've recently started a second business, the In The Roundhouse. Yes. Um, how did that come so in the roundhouse is a homewares brand focused on tabletop um pieces like bowls plates mugs and a few other things coming out um we do a lot of events with tde and you know whether it be lunches or dinners and things like that and i style a lot of the events so i'll pay someone to do it for myself (laughs) um and i found it really difficult to find um designed colorful tabletop homewares and so you obviously there are big brands doing stuff like Wedgwood, you know, sell beautiful plates and they're $120 each yeah. or you can't really buy them for events. Yeah. So I um, thought there was sort of like a little bit of a gap in the market there and we, you know, decided I work with Brooke Bickmore who is an editor at Jones Magazine, mm-hmm. the David Jones Magazine, and we work on that together as just a little hobby. So I have a side hustle again. <laughs> See, when everyone, when girls in my office are like, I have an idea and I'm like, well, I also have an idea and I've <laughs> managed to side hustle that. So yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's what it is. So, it's all sold in David Jones, Peters mm-hmm. of Kensington, motor operandi and stuff. And so, it's just um, fashionable homewares, essentially. Oh, so, I love it. Yeah. We were looking at them before. They look oh, yeah. really, really good. Do you run the Instagram for that as well? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's very nice. <laughs> yeah. I really like it. Yeah. 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 Do you ever sort of shut off, like, when you get home at night, do you ever say, okay, I'm done now for the day? Or is it constant? A uh, little bit. Now that I'm trying to be a bit more balanced. Yeah. I don't... I used to work... I work six days a week generally, yeah. or like I'm with in the roundhouse. We'll do that yeah. on the weekends, so that's sort of half a day on like mm-hmm. a Sunday or whatever. But I am 
a bit more disciplined. And you know what? Our teams, and you know how I've been able to do that is my team has matured a lot. Yeah. So like, uh, you know, I've got a general manager who's worked in the business for three years, so he doesn't really need to ask me anything mm. anymore. That's good. Whereas at the start, like, of course, like everything was being fed up to me. Yeah. yeah. Whereas now it's sort of like, okay, everyone knows what to do, so I don't actually need to be online all the time. Yeah, it's like yeah. what Nina always says as well. Yeah. She's always trying to say, like, let's try and be independent and try to work together before yeah. we have to go to her to ask something mm. yeah. and just try and be able to work on our own on the tasks. Well, I don't want people them. struggling. I don't no, want a girl no, staying back yet. till 7 8 p.m. trying yeah. to figure <laughs> no, something no, out. No, no. Just ask me because it'll take me 30 seconds to give you an answer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but now I've got people who are, have at the same level of knowledge in the business as I do now. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And so where, is, where are your offices based? Alexandria. Oh, that's how good. nice. Yeah, it's really good. And do you produce in Australia or do you produce overseas? We have what well, we get some things in Australia, but there's certain things that we can't get. So yeah. packaging and stuff we can get from Australia, yeah, but then the actual product is all done overseas. And in terms of yeah. designs, how are you kind of trying to innovate and are you constantly wanting to come out with new releases? Yes. yes. Yeah. So every couple of weeks I'll come up with like... 10 or 15 products and then sit down and like look at them with our designer in more detail and go oh like these ones or actually when she's drawn that out it looks a bit weird so we won't proceed with that so it's a constant process like constant process for newness and do you do a lot of samples and yes and iterations and things some yeah so yeah um my thing, I get bored really quickly, so I have yeah. probably an attention span of about 10 minutes. <laughs> so for my, if I'm on a call with someone, I'm like, oh, you're going to have to stop now because I'm not, I've, I zoned out. Yeah. I literally <laughs> say that. Well, yeah. So well, that's how I feel about product. I don't yes. want to look at and Instagram the same product yeah. for like four months. Yeah. I need something new to Instagram now, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. And in terms of the personalization mm. element, because I feel like, especially with the phone cases, yes. a lot of the designs I love, a lot of the new yes. ones, they're really, really good. Yes. How, how, does it, how does it take you to get to that point of like finalizing design? It's... Okay, I can't come up with too many because then there's too many options on the yeah. side. So part of it is usability as well. Um, I, again, it's just when I'm sick of, the, you know, I previewed two new ones on my personal Instagram today. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's because I am sick of what we currently have. So there's too many things about this brand that are very intimately tied yeah. to me. <laughs> um, yeah, so, yeah, and it is balancing that commercially with how many options we present to the customer. You can't come into a store and have, like, 25 different yeah, options because yeah. people just stand there and you see it and they're like, oh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm it's almost too many options. Yeah. yeah. And so, and when I hear people say to me, oh my God, I spent 45 minutes on your website, um, you know, changing the colors. Like, oh God, it should not be like that. Like that's actually bad customer <laughs> yeah. service. Yeah. You know, the <laughs> fact that, yeah. yeah, the too many, I'm you and you spent 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. I like that. I feel like we've done you a disservice. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. It's a I commercial. was also yeah. recently looking to buy my boyfriend something and yeah. he had a really good range of like men's yes. products. Thank when did you. you sort of think about going into that field? Because obviously you started off. Sort yeah. Of so you know what, again, um, it's because a lot of our customers were asking for things to gift their boyfriend mm. um so that was like quite early on that was a very early okay. extension you know maybe like a year into it or something and do you have guys in the office that you consult with and you show them and ask a them little them? bit but you know i so i have a friend elliot garno you may know him he's a, a male influencer mm-hmm. and I, every time we make something i go if would i be happy to gift this to elliot <laughs> yeah that's a good and idea. if not like, we're not doing yeah. it. What would Elliot do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's good. I really like that. Great. So just um, a bit of like an end note. What's next for the um, TDE and for you? 
I mean, I'd really like to, again, not to sound like ungrateful for my job because someone, <laughs> another, um, I did an interview the other day for, I'm from Adelaide. Mm-hmm. There was mm-hmm. like South Australian style magazine or something. Oh, this okay. young um, journalist was like, you've been pretty bold in saying that you don't enjoy running your business. <laughs> and I said, well, no, 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 I'm quite honest. I don't mean to say, like to sound, you know, like, oh, got to go to work or anything <laughs> like that. But I just said... Like, I prefer to do the marketing and the strategy and yeah. stuff rather than um, compliance, tax, yeah. accounting, yeah. Um, HR. <laughs> like, you know, the, you, the other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I guess where I'd like to get to is, and, you know, I've got so many ideas for consumer goods and products in other verticals, um, to a place where, you know, I sit and do strategy, content and branding and product for brands and then someone else is actually looking after each brand underneath so that's where I'd like to kind of go that's really great um yeah and in terms of any of like the big sort of influencer campaigns yeah any big ones coming up because I know you recently did Amber Valletta yeah so no no we've got we're working on a couple of things this year especially with like some big movements around sustainability and recycled stuff not to not to make that sound trivial um so yeah so working more kind of in that space and with um key people in that space great that's yeah. so exciting and just to end on is there a quote that you live by oh yeah i saw this on the sheet um there's yeah. a sheet of questions here yeah. uh no not really so people keep like, asking me this because it's international women's day soon yeah. and like i don't know is there an approach to life that you take just do it just do it yeah a lot of people talk about these things and a, a lot of girls you know, i always say when i do one of these podcasts people listen to this stuff because you know they want to get tips mm. or whatever on how to start a business and i think like the um market changes so often what is happening what i'm saying now is so different like how we started is so different to how you would start today and i almost think every day is a new set of rules and mm. so don't listen to people just do it if it makes sense yeah yeah great. oh it's such a great note yeah. to end on. thank like you that. so much thank you for taking the time to yeah. chat to us today i'm sure all the listeners are going to really appreciate everything that you shared with us so thank you so much pleasure nice to meet you guys <laughs>